1: back.
2: Welcome everybody to episode 1 of Wednesday War Games. The Wednesday Night Wars are in full swing. Everybody hates each other. Everybody's fighting on national television, AEW against NXT, and this is the podcast that will cover it all. I I assume the only podcast that will cover it all. If you listen to any others, they're actually not real. Um, Joining me as my co-host, you didn't hear him in the intro episode because I cut him out of it like a, a horrible power grab. Liam Jones. Liam, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing healthy. And everyone will be able to tell how healthy I'm doing by my great voice that I have right now.
2: I'm basically, my sole aim on this episode is to make you laugh. And every time you laugh, you basically splutter your guts up. Which will make it a nightmare for me to edit, but it will make me laugh.
1: Once again, you are just going against yourself. You're, go, you're at war with yourself.
2: This is the, it's the inner war games. The war games, the real war games were the friends lost along the way? <laughs> the war mind games. I'm in the middle of a hurricane. Actually, no, it's not a hurricane anymore. It was downgraded to a tropical storm. It's called Tropical Storm Lorenzo, as I see Ooh. the trees in my back garden slowly being blown away. So if I just disappeared, just assume the tree fell on me or something.
1: I mean, I won't act on it. I was like, well, if we tried.
2: <laughs> it was a good effort. And if I, if I don't up this, upload this podcast, nobody will. So, Oh, no. Last night on USA Network, we had NXT. On TNT, we had AEW. Uh, Important to note, I am in Ireland, you are in Australia. So we both watched the Fight TV feed, which featured more content. So we saw, uh, like, they did picture in picture for the uh, the, uh, commercial breaks on TNT. But we saw the full matches, Liam. We We have a broader perspective than the American viewers. Some would say we saw too much content. You got yeah, you were getting mad during the show. Liam was DMing me. It's like I hate having to watch them stand there waiting for the match to start. It's just, it's
1: immersion breaking. I don't wanna see an entrance and then see the Bucks work the crowd for ten minutes.
2: Well, in fact, Pac, Pac at least he wandered the ring. You know, he, he did his his get mad at fans at ringside routine, which is relatively entertaining. He got those fans
1: very, very upset.
2: Yes. Whereas like Nyla Rose and Rio just stood there for the whatever the three minutes of the ad break.
1: And then the announcers stopped commentating over the matches like the last two of them.
2: I found that re- I found it really interesting that they did actually call the matches through the break, which is, I I didn't expect them to. And as you well, said, they started. They, s- they stopped start doing. <laughs> but so yeah, we have NXT. Uh, what, what's your headline take before we get into each show? I flipped a coin. We'll cover AEW first, and then next week we'll cover NXT first. In the interest week quality, we'll flip them week to week. But we'll start with mm. AEW this week. But what's what's your headline take?
1: headline take is that for a company that promises or is trying to base itself on its in-ring product, AEW sure doesn't have a great in-ring product.
2: Yeah, I think, I think that goes back to my headline take, which was I was surprised that AEW just put on what was a weekly television show, and NXT was over there doing a mini takeover, and it was, it was an interesting contrast in that it really felt like NXT swung bigger. Mm. NXT definitely felt
1: like they were more gotten to because
2: like they they had two big returns we'll get into all this when we're talking about the show but they had two big returns in Finn Balor and Tommaso Ciampa they had Wait, three what? Th- three title matches was it three? yeah three title uh, yeah, matches three. Plus, plus John Boy making his NXT USA debut so like they, they did go, they, they went a lot big even in the wrestling they went a lot bigger, it, as, and AEW just felt like they were over there doing a, their what felt like their third television show as opposed to their first, it was interesting.
1: I actually thought that um, they were going to go even bigger, I assumed that the NXT show was going to have a NXT UK title match between Walter and Kushida, and I had also assumed that the Cruiserweight title match was going to be this week.
2: Which, both of those are next week, is Kushida and Walter a title match?
1: It is non-title, as far non-title. as I remember. And then it's Leo and Drew Gulak next week.
2: I think the first half hour of AEW is tremendous. I thought I thought like that whole presentation from Cody and Sami, the opening, the video before that, uh, their match, and then the Jericho beatdown. I thought, and they ran it all without a break. They went to a break during the Jericho beatdown, but that that whole opening segment, I was like, this is is a wrestling show on television, not a television wrestling show. And I, I love that distinction because so many like wrestling shows on TV just get bogged down and it's, it's almost like it's a show about a show more than just a wrestling show that happens to be put on television. And this felt like it felt different.
1: It felt like an entirely unique viewing experience for a wrestling fan in 2020 or 2019. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of ourselves.
2: Well, it will be in 2020 in three months. It's close enough. Or will it? Well, we all, yes! <laughs> if the Wednesday Night War doesn't last three months, it won't be in 2020.
1: No, when Paul dominates,
2: I I really like that. I like this opening match a lot. I like Cody and Sammy. I, I I I I've railed against the idea. Or no, I haven't railed against the idea of it. I railed against the execution of Elevation by Association. And W tried this a lot, you see it with Cedric Alexander lately, where they just put a guy in with a star and he loses. And like the the the, the headline idea is that when you put him in with a star and he loses and he's a competitive match, he should be elevated. And it never happens there. And I feel like Sammy lost this match, but Sammy came out of this match better than he went in. Like they they debuted on national television with Cody Rose, who's like At the moment, the face of the company, at the moment kind of the ace of the company, rightfully so, a role he's so far earned, and Sammy Guevara, somebody who I think the average viewer had never heard of in their life, and I think Cody looked great, and Sammy came out of it looking better than he went in. Well, the differentiating differentiating feature of
1: that is is there's no trust that WWE main roster at least will ever follow up on that attempt at making a star, whereas even on this single show we already saw them sort of following up on that attempt with the main event closing angle.
2: I was yeah I was actually almost surprised to see Sammy involved in that. I, I didn't expect him to be like put in there with LAX with Chris Jericho.
1: <laughs> well, like in in some ways he kind of comes across as that group's Hangman Page. Yeah. But it may be too early to get on to that train.
2: And I like Sammy a lot. I think Sammy is charismatic and young, and his vlog is pretty good. It's not yeah, great. Yeah,
1: I don't watch a lot of vlogs, but I do find myself watching the Sammy blog, uh, blog,
2: blog. Is it all the shirtless thumbnails? I mean, it helps. That man is fond of his shirtless thumbnails, and I I don't blame him. If I look like Sammy <laughs>
1: I was gonna say if I could rock that shirtless butt I would also make every single picture shirtless.
2: <laughs> yes, all of those shirtless thumbnails. But Cody, Cody like Cody feels like a superstar. I was he's I was talking the about goddamn this. ace. Yeah, he's the he's like he should just beat Jericho, screw it. But <laughs> I was talking about this on Twitter yesterday in that I think Cody is the proof of concept of AEW. Cody's a guy who hit the mid card ceiling in WWE, could never get to that main event level except like uh, on very brief, brief fleeting moments and then he goes, he comes out here, and he feels like a superstar. This audience thinks Cody Rhodes is the biggest star in the world. Now the thought that came to my mind
1: when I was watching his entrance is the crowd. Like I don't want to say mixing because it was just the actual crowd noise, but it felt like in the WWE 2K games where <laughs> the crowd is so loud that you can no longer hear the music for the wrestler. But this was just that's how over he was
2: for the, in, in this occasion. And it's actually it's strange to see in the show people who are actually over <laughs> like people who the crowd are like honestly responding to dustin rhodes does a run-in at the very end of the show and i'm like i thought it was cm punk coming out because I, I heard the i heard the crowd reaction first it's like oh god someone really big and important coming out and like not that dustin rhodes isn't big and important but he got a level of reaction that you'd be like it's that dustin rhodes is getting that reaction
1: I mean, to go on the same level,
2: Jack Swagger was, got one of the biggest reactions I've seen in, in years. Yeah, that's one of the bit. Like, Jack Swagger is... I'm torn on Jack Swagger. Because Jack Swagger, in theory, should be a phenomenal pro wrestler. Like, J.R. loves himself running down people's amateur wrestling credentials, and he did so here. But And his Bellator
1: credentials. Yes, he is the
2: undefeated Bellator MMA superstar. Has he fought more than one fight?
1: I, I th- believe he's had two. Well...
2: That's like Lashley's undefeated MMA record.
1: <laughs> As the MMA historian of the podcast, I can assure you it's
2: two. So, like, Jack Swagger, like, he should be, he should have been, I suppose, uh, one of WWE's biggest stars of the last decade, I think, on paper. Even going back to ECW, when he debuted on WWE ECW, I really liked him a lot. And he, he's this big hoss guy who should be throwing people around and he should be a badass. And it just never worked out for a variety of, variety of reasons, and I think some of which are on him because he never seemed like he had that fire in his belly to really make that work, that desire to go to that next level. And when he left WWE, he obviously didn't, because like you didn't hear a word about him. And he is the cliche WWE midcard debuting in a main event spot on AEW. That's the, the Team 3D debuting at the end of the, the first Spike show on for, for frickin' TNA. Uh, relatively similar. Or Kevin Nash, maybe, if you want. And I, I think, in theory, I, I don't like it, But in execution, as you said, he got a gigantic reaction.
1: I was super into it. And like, in the same way that you say you're torn, I'm also torn. Because on one hand, I'm really excited for an inspired Jack Hager run. And on the other hand, we were also all very excited for an inspired Jack Hager indie run. And those two things never managed to happen.
2: (laughs) It's JK girl, have you know?
1: Oh, sorry.
2: (laughs) God, Lord, forgive. Forgive. Please, please do the, uh, He said Jack Swagger is dead on Twitter. Please, please, please respect Jake Hager.
1: You mean, at real Jack Swagger said Jack Swagger's dead? <laughs>
2: yes, yes, he did. <laughs> hmm... But yeah, in theory, that underlines like every everything people didn't like about TNT, and rightfully so, like mid characters coming into main event spots. But as you said, like the idea of this guy finally being motivated on a big stage, and like in front of fourteen thousand people live on TNT, he should be motivated. There's no reason he shouldn't be, and he came and in. And he's there. getting
1: a he's getting a semblance of a fairly good push. He's in there with the top dogs
2: immediately. Yeah, at the very least, he's Jericho's heavy. Maybe a level above that. We'll see how that relationship works out.
1: But like that could, he, that could all be on him.
2: Yeah, he in the theory, yeah, he could it could be Jericho as his lackey. Maybe maybe Jake Hager is the AW, the the sensation to lead them into the future.
1: You know what I'm really scared about though?
2: What are you scared about?
1: The possibility of at full gear us getting Jake Hager versus Dustin Rhodes.
2: Oh, they did set that up. He did hit him with a doctor bomb through a table.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's funny, because if you've watched that angle, because I've watched it a couple of times now, you'll see that Jake wanted to hit it on Cody, but Jericho kept telling him to um, do it
2: on Dustin instead. I was, I was a bit worried that Dustin wouldn't be able to take the bump, but it looked fine. It actually looked nasty. The table just kind of, it didn't really give, so it looked like it hurt. It was also
1: a lot of fun to just hear Jericho shout swagger in the middle of the ring.
2: And <laughs> yeah. Jericho, J- the answers didn't slip, but they nearly did.
1: mm. And I just want to clarify, I have searched it up, my MMA historical accuracy is still 100%, he is 2-0 and via submission in Bellator.
2: Well, we'll take it. <laughs> that's, that is undefeated, you can, that's not a lie. I wonder if he'll continue fighting for Bellator. Well, Ashley did, and it never really interfered with his TNA stuff, so... I'll, I'll keep everyone updated as my fledgling
1: MMA fandom.
2: So then, like, uh, Lashley, while he was writing for Bellator, TNA would tape four months of TV every, uh, mm-hmm. every four months, I suppose. But then, uh, where, but then where... we got the great American top teen stuff, so. Yeah, whereas, but, like, uh, maybe he won't have time, AW's a weekly show, I assume they'll have more shows than this, or than their weekly show, they might introduce house shows, they were talking about that, I don't think they should, but. Well, it only took us,
1: like, there. ten minutes to get to TNA.
2: Hmm. I'm, I'm just going to relate everything... But I think I've related things back to TNA twice, so... Oh no, I'm slipping already. Welcome to the, the Backdoor TNA podcast. So, AEW, huh? So yeah, th- this opener. I like this opener a lot. I thought Cody looked phenomenal. I thought Sammy looked great. I thought the beatdown was real good. I, I, and well, I, I, I think it was the best half hour of the show. I thought this first half hour of AEW was superb.
1: Yeah, it was really good, and I think... The, there were a lot of people on the twitter who mm-hmm. were criticizing the choice of putting cody in that first spot but i think as soon as you saw that crowd reaction like you shut all those people up he could have gone out there and stunk up that match which he didn't he could have gone out there and stunk up that match and that still would have been the right choice because it made aw look like a top brand
2: yeah and he's a superstar Fair enough, you could put kenny there too and kenny would have gotten a great reaction but cody's a superstar as it, I, was, I was going to make the point that he is basically, he's the, the proof of concept that uh, the difference between Cody Rhodes being a mid-character in WWE and a main eventer in AEW is presentation like he's not any better a wrestler he's not any better of a promo than he was then, the difference is he's being presented to his strengths, and that's, that's the proof of concept of AEW that if you present these wrestlers to their strengths they will be stars on television, and we'll see how that works out with people other than Cody, but Cody is the proof of concept
1: We'll see if Jake Hager becomes the biggest heel in the world at some point. Yeah. And we'll all be looking back at this like, wow, we were fools for even doubting the AEW star-making machine.
2: Like, le- Legitimately, I think uh, Jake Hager is, is the next big test. Uh, like, We had Sean Spears, but I don't think Sean Spears was ever intended to be anything but, as Cody said, a good hand. Um, <laughs> I really liked that feud a lot, though. <laughs> it, was, it was a really good, solid story, but I don't think uh, Sean Spears is going to be a guy they're going to really push, you know?
1: Oh, imagine if Sean Spears joins Jericho's new stable.
2: Oh, good. With his weird eye things, contacts. What,
1: what's think. the... And his cool green car that he has.
2: Hmm. Stupid. Uh, MJF. <laughs> <laughs> and Brandon Cutler had basically an MJF squash. MJF cut a promo and then beat him real quick. Uh, I think Cutler was supposed to miss a dive at the, the end of the match. It kind of fell off the ropes, but he covered for it well. He sold his knee and then MJF just beat him immediately.
1: I am sad because Brandon Cutler let down all D and D fans,
2: yeah, by losing to that big meanie MJF, proving D and D people are horrible nerds that can't mm. win fights. It's true, by
1: all accounts.
2: I think this would have been better off just being a straight squash, but or not even a well, squash I... Maybe just a maybe just a promo. I, th- I think the match was I... almost superfluous.
1: I think this match. Uh, really exemplified the differences between NXT and AEW to me. Mm-hmm. Whereas on NXT we see a lot of mid card matches that have seemingly zero intention beyond just being a squash or just being there to fill up time. This was a squash match that went like three minutes and it had a very complex story going in not complex, but like a very good story going into it. And I was and if we get more of that where like each story has something being has something to
2: it, then this AEW will be very hard to beat. And what, was it two weeks ago, Pete Dunne wrestled, what was his name, Arturo Ruas, is that his name? Oh, for 50 minutes straight. And yeah, that, that 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 match is like the exact point you're making, whereas MJF came in, he beat him in, I think it was less than three minutes, in and out, pretty quick. Whereas that match went on forever, and it's like, it's supposed to be a Pete Dunne squash showcase, and he went 50-50 for what seemingly seemed like an hour with him. So like I, I think that's a very good point, and I think we're going to talk about that a little more when we get to NXT, but... Hmm. Uh, The worst segment on AEW this week. Kevin Smith and Jason Muse were interviewed at ringside, and it was not particularly good.
1: (laughs) It wasn't particularly good, but also I didn't find myself yawning. I wasn't bored by it, and I was bored by other things on other shows.
2: (laughs) It was it was two minutes. It was literally they came down, they interviewed them about uh, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, which is out in a couple of weeks, and Jericho was in. Then interrupted by Jack Evans and Anhelico. then Private Party came out. It's the plug of the tag team tournament at the end of the day, but... It's...
1: Really, my, my only problem with this segment was that we didn't actually get to hear Private Party responding to Jack Evans and Heligo. Yeah. Like, if you're going to bring them out to be like this, hey, we're the cool guys taking away the celebrities, like, actually let them say something to, like, burn Jack Evans and Anhelico or something, you know what I mean?
2: And... Kevin Smith. Actually, what if Kevin Smith is just the full-time manager of Barbara Party now? Cuts their promise for them.
1: Well, actually, they should... If anyway, uh, Did you see the Twitter segment with him and Janela? No. They had a fun little Twitter segment and uh, where they played up the Clerks characters because Joey's from the same area or something. Mm. It's fun. Go check it out.
2: Uh, much better tag title tournament hype uh, SU came out cut a fairly basic promo Lucha Bros came out got their face and they had a nice little pull apart and I thought that, that's a, a nice little simple build to their their tag title tournament match which is their match next week I know Young Bucks against Private Parties next week I don't think their are matches next week is it
1: I have no clue I actually I don't know when each tournament match is yet
2: but yeah we definitely have Young Bucks and Private Party next week but yeah there's a nice little segment to set up and I, I think I like that they got the Lucha Bros onto this show I'm just
1: happy that we're getting the bad influence combination of SEU in the tournament.
2: You're not a fan of any Scorpio Sky tag team combination?
1: I don't really mind Scorp. I just think, I don't know, almost like as a thank you to these two guys, I'm happy that they're in the tournament. Mm. So yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that we get the
2: addiction. Please never call them that again. Is that still their name? Um,
1: no, they're the SEU now.
2: Yeah, but I I like the idea that tag teams have names. it is a stable. <laughs> it can't be a. St- um, it's it's my same problem with undisputed era. It's like the tag teams, the stables, and tag teams should have different names.
1: Well, I believe that the stable is Soul Cal and Censored, while the team is SCU. I hate you. <laughs> I still call um Red Dragon, Red Dragon. So.
2: Do you do you make sure you emphasize the Davy Richards is in the middle? Red Dragon. The Davy returned recently, so let's see yes, how long that lasts. Yes, to have a have a fight with Tom Lawler. Yeah, they should do it. They should do a Bellator fight. Speaking oh, of Bellator, let's put over Bellator some more. Uh, Pack and Hangman Page had a good television match. They're finally having their double or nothing match. It wasn't great. It wasn't. It didn't go. Uh, again, this is this is the weird difference between AEW and NXT because I think Pack and Hangman Page could have a much better match. I think their match in Nottingham was a better match. Yeah, whereas the UK this, match was way better. Whereas this was just a perfect this seemed more like we need to get put we need to put Pac over Strong, even though I think Hangman Page had his best AEW showing to date, maybe. I guess the Jericho match. But I think Hangman Page did look real good here while he was on offense. But yeah, this just felt like we're gonna put over Pac strong. Which,
1: to be fair, I don't think is necessarily a bad decision.
2: Pac Pack is a
1: star. Hangman has plenty of views before he needs to be a star.
2: In theory we were meant to get a Jericho title match next week, weren't we?
1: Wait, what?
2: They, they didn't they promote that when they uh announced the TV date?
1: I I'm not sure. I don't recall
2: this at all. Like they they definitely said Jericho will be defending well the AEW it was even before there was a champion. They said the AEW title will be defended on it was either this week or next week or next week or the week after. And I'm wondering, like, I think the person they've naturally set up for that, if they haven't dropped it, which they might have dropped it, is Pac.
1: Well, naturally you'd assume so.
2: With his current okay. 2-0 record in all elite wrestling victories over Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. How do you feel about the, the win-loss records? They didn't really go into it in any way. Like, they mentioned them in passing. They're in the graphics on the entrances.
1: Uh, yeah, like, you were bringing them up, but I literally forgot that we had them.
2: Yeah, for the, the the for I think there was a lot of hand wringing about how they're going to use stats in weird ways and they kind of didn't. Yet, yeah, and even like they like, I like the announcers a lot in the show. I thought Tony Schiavone is the 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 missing link in the AEW announce team apparently because he's there to curse and keep Jor in line and I think. <sighs> Even, like, even, I, I I think of Golden Boy very highly, but I think this was the best AEW announce team showing. I was worried about it going into this TV show. I thought it was a big weakness of their pay-per-view so far. And here, I, I'd i almost go as far as to say it was actively good. Um, Liam disagrees. I, I, I liked Tony,
1: and I liked Excalibur, but every time Jim Ross opens his mouth, it makes me cringe. Even when he's doing fine. I
2: don't think he did anything bad on this show.
1: It's not even... I think now, perhaps, I just associate his voice with badness. Because it's been drilled into my head. Much like another announcer that we will get to on the next show.
2: we will get to. I spend... Most of my notes are just Mario quotes. So you can be excited for that when we get to NXT. Um,
1: Yeah, commentary for both of these shows is going to be a rough watch for me.
2: I don't. I liked AEW's team. I thought I thought they did good. They did good. Hmm.
1: I thought that this Park um, Adam Page match was hurt
2: by me watching it on fight.
1: I feel like if I didn't see if the ad break biz were cut out, I would have enjoyed it more.
2: If you didn't see more, if you saw less of the match, you would have enjoyed it more?
1: Yes, and that may be an indictment to the match, but I don't know. I think it would have flowed better for me if I hadn't have seen the extended... Uh, pack heat spots
2: yeah they they did a very traditional commercial break as opposed to the next match which we'll talk about in a second where they, they did a ton of stuff during the break pack and hangman page did the pack just sat on them for what three minutes or whatever it was
1: yeah i was actually i'd be i'd be curious to watch this show uh with the tnn tnn is that what the network is i don't know uh, american TNT.
2: Stuff.
1: tnt if i would watch the tnt version i wonder if i uh, i would like the show more
2: would you because they picture picture the ad breaks on TNT? Would you watch the corner box or would you just skip it?
1: Well, I can tell you right now, I didn't watch the NXT
2: corner box. <laughs> All right, uh, Pack One with a, he V rests off it again with the brutalizer. So they're they're really putting over the submission strong. They were kind of delayed
1: with the rel, with the, um, the bell ring.
2: Clearly, the the AEW hired an amateur bell ringer. They they, they it's an amateur operation, Liam.
1: It's a t-shirt company. What are we even discussing a wrestling show for?
2: That's true. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker joined commentary, which I'm sure you uh, you were very excited. And you you noticed for the whole time. Did you know, uh, I'm not sure they've promoted this enough. It's it's a relatively obscure fact. Did you know she's a dentist?
1: Oh, well, it seems to be the most interesting fact about her.
2: (laughs) I like they released a video on Twitter yesterday, which was like Darby Allin skateboarding, Cody Cody looking all Cody businessman-like, and Britt Baker doing dentistry.
1: Is she still doing dentistry? Kind of makes the, the old roster placement look a little low rent
2: if she still has a day job. Hey, would you give up a lucrative dental practice? <laughs> There's my first instance of getting Liam to, to cough to death. Um, I, I, I'm looking forward to when she turns heel and her entire character is she just wants to punch people in the mouth, hurt their teeth, and drum up business for her dentistry practice.
1: Isaac Yankum, DDS.
2: Yes. She's going to have Jerry the King Lawler as her manager? I hope, well, hope that he's, he's too busy calling Monday Night Raw, so... Oh, no. the uh, Rolls versus Rio for the AEW wins championship. Rio won the match, first ever AEW wins champion. I liked this match a lot. In fact, I would go so far as to say I love this match. This match was great. Was this your match of the night? This was my match, but it was the best match on AEW... Probably not my match of the night. We'll get to that on NXT. I like. I don't think Nyla Rose is all the way there as a monster yet. She doesn't own it. She doesn't have the conviction. She does like. You can see there's there's not the purpose in her movement. And when you look at the AEW roster, you see Awesome Kong, who is not anymore, but. At, at, in her prime was not just one of the best female monsters in wrestling history she was the best one of, one of the best monsters in wrestling history full stop so to get that mentorship going to teach Nyla Rose how to really like uh, have conviction in just killing people but I liked this match a lot I thought Nyla was great I thought Rio was great I thought there were some really great near falls like, like the, 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 the roll up that Rio beat uh, Shida with that all out that got such a great reaction people, people thought that was the finish it was great uh, yeah. I thought
1: this match was fine Old Capitals
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, But I can appreciate that the crowd was super Super into it um, Nyla did one of my least favourite things in wrestling Which is when you're in a match Which seemingly has DQs How do DQs work in this company? But seemingly has DQs and she went for a chair anyway Which is especially weird in a title match
2: Yeah it's dumb at least at least the, the putting the chairs on the floor thing like i'm fine with that you can justify that as the referee discretion but like getting a chair and just trying to hit her with it especially like especially in the middle of the match it wasn't like a desperation heel move it was she just went under the ring and got a chair for no reason it was kind of dumb and we'll talk about kind of dumb with dqs again in a second but i i still i thought the near falls and all that were, were really good in this match
1: uh, yeah, I, I like I said, I think it was a fine match, and the crowd really did help bring it up that extra level. It was a good match, and Nyla's flying knee still rules. Although I it think does. she did it during the commercial break.
2: She did. I that, that was I was gonna say they did a bunch of stuff. Like there was a really good submission tease during the commercial break. She did the flying knee during the commercial break. If you're watching this match in the US, I think it's a worse match. You see, you miss some good stuff unless you're, you're squinting very strongly at the box in the corner.
1: Yeah. So yeah, um, a good first match for the women's title, and I liked that Rio won. I thought she was going to,
2: and she yeah, she should have.
1: Yeah, she's the best wrestler on the roster so far.
2: Post match, like, female uh, Nyla. Uh, <laughs> I'm cutting you off every time. <laughs> she's worse than this. She's better than the person who saved her, Kenny Omega. Post match, uh, Nyla Rose attacked her, and Kenny made the save. Which I guess that's a relationship they're going to play up. I guess.
1: Um, I think we'll be building to a Nyla Mox versus riho Kenny match at some point. Oh, that would that would be fun.
2: That's that's, mm. that's that that'd be a good TV match in the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that being a TV main event at
2: some point. Which brings us to our TV main event, which was the Elite the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega against Chris Jericho Santana and Ortiz. Santana Ortiz do not have a name at the moment; they're just Santana Ortiz. But John Mox they did they did some stuff. Then John Moxley showed up. Attacked Kenny Omega, and that wasn't a DQ for a reason. Like, I don't mind if they establish rules that something is a DQ and something isn't a DQ. But like in wrestling, when a guy attacks somebody in a match, it's a DQ. So if you're gonna, if that's not gonna be your your established set of rules in AEW, you should probably tell the audience beforehand. And if you just decided it's not a DQ for the convenience of the story, that's not particularly great.
1: But even then, you could have justified it by saying that these. Two teams have agreed to no no disqualification rules tonight, as there's so much like there's heat and there's bad blood between them, or something. It's a very easy out to make, and they just chose not to do it. Seemingly, the the easier out is
2: just have them jump them before the bell.
1: Uh, Before we get too far into the match, I actually wanted to get your opinion on the knockoff LAX Titantron and theme.
2: They, they, they even did the helicopter noises. Yes, I was so,
1: like, as soon as I saw the helicopter, I was like, I
2: need to know Garrett's opinions on this. And the funny thing is, I never particularly liked the helicopter noises, where they did, the, like, the helicopter noises and the light things that they did in, uh, in Impact. But, mm. yeah, they, they brought them over to AEW.
1: Well, they, I think we can at least all take some slots in the fact that they were parroting the best TNA theme of all time.
2: That's true. They should just buy it off TNA. <laughs> <laughs> they should just buy the rights to LAX i mean seriously uh but that, yeah I, I i just like just haven't i i i think the the logic behind not having him jump him before the match is they maybe might have felt it was a bait and switch on the match but it was still a bait and switch on the match they only did a couple of dives before kenny was dragged away i will say the brawl with moxley was tremendous the, the entire angle was great but the it not being a dq was a, a strange head hit head, head, head scratcher
1: not even just the jumping him, but like the man got put through a
2: glass table and (laughs) that's
1: not a disqualification
2: it's apparently not that spot was amazing it was it looked awesome and uh, yeah that that whole brawl uh, people went nuts for moxley he he hit him with the the, does the 30s have a new name it has a new name doesn't it um the pendulum shift the pendulum shift through a glass table they did a glass table spot on the first episode that's your tv 14 right there baby uh, he drove him through a glass table. It, it, that, like that, that matches the hottest match in the company right now. Probably hotter than the Jericho and Cody match.
1: I also like the small touch of Mox um, telling Kenny to talk now when after he laid him out through the table.
2: Yeah, and that Kenny promo was phenomenal.
1: Also, the crowd went insane for Kenny teasing some cleaner stuff.
2: He did. Yeah, he he freaking got the mop. He he went to mop the floor, and the crowd went like just absolutely nuts. It's it's insane. It's absolutely crazy to see people respond to pro
1: wrestling again. It's it, like, I think this actual show from start to finish, it, like as a show, wasn't that great, but man, the crowd really brought it up to the next level.
2: Yeah, the, 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 there are people on the show that this audience sees as humongous, not just stars, humongous stars, and it, it does help a great deal.
1: Hmm. Um, I actually kind of have a problem with this main event.
2: We'll go on. Um,
1: I was saying this on my Twitter at Larrikin before. Um, I don't get what the actual in-ring portion of this match was supposed to be. Um, If you wanted to take Kenny out, that's fine. But then you have some time in the ring where you can establish uh, Pride and Powerful. I'm going to call them PMP. Um, You could establish them as this crazy tag team that are a threat to the Bucks. But really, it was just a three-on-two beatdown. It did nothing for the team. Yeah, they were were just... If you saw this team... Yeah, they were just two dudes, and if you were a new fan and you only saw them on TV this time, you wouldn't know anything about them.
2: And they're in there with the Young Bucks, who they can have a, an absolutely killer match. And in A. W. they will eventually have an absolutely killer match. I agree with you. I, I was hoping for more of an establishment of Santana or Ortiz here, other than just being the guy standing next to Jericho. Cause they, I really they thought, were that just... was
1: the... I thought that was going to be the intention of the match, was to get them over
2: as a top tag team. I will say... Uh, this match, I don't think it was a particularly great match or anything, but, like, Nick Jackson had a, a hot tag comeback, which was superb, and I was just like, I can't wait for weekly Young, Back- Young Bucks matches on television. Like, like Young Bucks against Private Party next week is, um, I'm not going to say my most anticipated match of the year, but the idea of just the Young Bucks having great matches on TV, I'm very, I'm in for that, I cannot wait. So that's our, our AEW main event. The post-match, of course, we've already talked about. Jack Swagger comes out, shows up, runs wild. He does look phenomenal. As I said, I do have the reservations about a WWE mid-character just coasting on in and being the, the biggest star on the first show. And, like, Jack Swagger was... He, he's the kind of WWE mid-character that gives you those kind of concerns, I think, a lot more than anybody else. But on the flip side, he looked great, got a great reaction, and the idea of a motivated Jack Swagger is exciting. We'll see. we'll see. We'll. We'll. I'll, uh, AEW still has the let it play out benefit for me, so we'll let it play out. Yeah, they haven't hurt us yet. Um, I have a
1: fun fact for you Ooh. about this show. Uh, did you know that on Cagemat.net, this is the second highest rated AEW show so far?
2: Uh, I would have said this is better than Fight for the Fallen, which wasn't particularly good. I preferred Fighter Fest. I would have said it's the second worst. <laughs> But I don't think this is a bad show. But
1: it's second only to Double or Nothing, which it is only second to by zero point
2: point zero of a point. Well, people are wrong. Double or Nothing is the best show. I think All Out was better. I think Fighter Fest was probably better, and Fight for the Fallen was worse.
1: I probably liked this more than All Out. I wasn't super hot on All Out.
2: I thought All Out was a good, fun wrestling show. Well, you're wrong. I, as, I this I'm always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this I, I thought this was a, a good, breezy wrestling show that was very well-paced without being great. Yep. Now, on to NXT, which featured opening ma- uh, the, the opening match of Adam Cole against Matt Riddle. Adam Cole retained the NXT championship, and this made me think a lot about the influence of PWG, because...
1: I'll have you know that my exact notes say the same thing. <laughs>
2: Because, like, obviously, AEW is born out of PWG. Like, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, particularly the Young Bucks, are central entirely to the very existence of PWG. But you watch this opening match, Adam Cole against Matt Riddle, and it's a PWG match. Like, style-wise, there is a direct line from PWG to NXT. NXT is basically just PWG with stories, or, like, it's almost the evolution of, like, I don't know, 2012 PWG. It just moved to NXT at the time. Because uh, PWG in 2019 isn't quite the same as this. This is more like PWG from six, seven years ago. and uh,
1: Yeah, when PWG was good you, and had a good roster. Yeah, basically.
2: Uh, so, my, my uh, I don't think it's a hot take. My interesting observation is that PWG in 2019 is to wrestling as ECW was to wrestling in 1998. It's like the influential guiding line now.
1: Yeah, th- this was a PWG show, except it was paced out poor, uh, poorer? Yeah, it was paced out poorer.
2: But we did start with Adam Cole against my riddle. You asked me for my match of the night, it's probably this. I, I, like... This is also my match of the night. It's, it's, a, It was a superb wrestling match. They went balls to the wall for 15 minutes.
1: This is what people, who I think, expected the AEW main event to be.
2: Yeah, and they didn't do it. Like, the AEW, again, they didn't go for a big main event. That's the thing. It's not like they went for a big main event and had a bad match. It's... They went for mm. a solid TV main... And then went to the post-match angle, which I think is really interesting, because that's not really what I expected out of AEW, and it's what we got in the NXT opener.
1: I like um, this match a lot, because it did something which I didn't think it was going to be able to. It made me believe that Riddle had a chance of winning. I didn't. And <laughs> I, I, and to be fair, it got me in the match, not like when I was going in to watch it, I obviously thought Cole was winning, but there were some moments where I was like, oh, Riddle might uh, no,
2: so. Do you want to know what made me feel not feel like Riddle could win this match? Mm. The degree to which they've just absolutely killed the Panama Sunrise. Like, like, yeah, it's just not a believable near fault. It's it's been fu'd. Everybody kicks out of th- like Johnny Gargano kicked out of seventy five of them. And, and Riddle kicked out of one, then he hit another, and Riddle wasn't even incapacitated long enough for Adam Cole to hit a knee two seconds later. Like, the Panama Sunrise is dead, as dead as dead could be. I don't believe it anymore. The biggest
1: mistake that NXT has made so far is unbanning the flipping power driver yeah and I like the flipping power driver but now everyone's doing it on this on these shows
2: and everyone's kicking out of them that's the problem Petey Williams would roll in his non-existent grave because he's still alive and wrestling oh he's definitely very mad about it <laughs> he is he gets mad on Twitter about it a lot it's kind of funny
1: <laughs> but yeah I really like this match it was pBG it was all action it was great
2: and this uh, like this yeah this would be a great takeover match. In fact, all takeover matches should be this. They should be, they should be fifteen minutes instead of this spread over thirty-five.
1: It was the match to the that uh, every other match on this show tried to be.
2: Yeah. But they had the great opening. And failed at <laughs> Of course the the big note, and I think a much needed note, Finn Balor returned to NXT after the match, and I he was killed by he had his next snap by the fiend, which sends people down to NXT apparently. Uh I think yeah. NXT badly needs the star power Finn Balor provides desperately needs it like they they have johnny gargano and they have adam cole and that's kind of it and now at least well i'm gonna i'm gonna give credit to champa i was gonna get to that and now they at least have finn balor and they're returning to master champa to give them a big four to build around as opposed to a big two
1: do you think any other main
2: roster downgrades Will happen in the upcoming weeks. I want to see, like, put Cesaro on the show. Like, he's wrestling in pants and shoes on Raw. He clearly doesn't care. Put it like he, 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 upon his back, NXT was built. Uh, go give him the rewards and he'd do great.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, seeing Cesaro wrestle in this kind of style would be uh, ideal in comparison to what we see. Now, but to be fair, we do see that style on the main roster, because the main roster is also just the bastardized version of the PWG style. So who
2: knows? Yeah. Basically, when John Cena started doing PWG matches, the entire company was just like, okay, this is what we are now.
1: Also, just straight up, anyone who thinks NXT is still developmental, like you can't even have that conversation with it anymore.
2: It, and the problem is, it can't be. That's the thing. There's it's like you there's certain things that would happen on NXT certain kinds of matches that are fine on a developmental US or developmental WWE network show that you can't really do anymore on a full third brand cable television show. So it's Mm. it's going to be interesting to see how they pivot that, and more importantly, where they put the people that they need to actually put in developmental because the Largo Loop isn't going to be it. Like that's not going to. Well, it'll be
1: evolve once evolve hits them. Network.
2: Do you, do you think so? Do you think they're going to bump that straight like into like a full kind of NXT UK style developmental show?
1: Yeah, when the the tears come out that have been for, how long have we been talking about tears on the 75, network? Seventy-five. Long, longer than the
2: network exists, we've been talking about tears yeah. on the network. <laughs>
1: But when those damn tears come in, I expect Evolve to take the place of original NXT.
2: When we finally have progress and ICW and Evolve on the network, which is definitely happening. Sure, it's been happening for 15 years. I still haven't
1: watched that Evolve show on the network.
2: Neither have I. It was very good, apparently, too. Eh, a lot of things are apparently very good on the network. That's true. Right, WK is a fake show. Velveteen Dream came out and challenged Roderick Strong to a rematch, basically. I didn't. This
1: was dumb man I didn't like it
2: people are going to be very mad at me I think on this show because I don't like Velveteen Dream I think he's very charismatic but also very green and when he's not in there with an opponent who can carry him he's not particularly good he's still kind of like a a wrestling school wrestler but when he's in there with someone like Roderick Strong who carry me to a four star match uh, he looks good and he'll be in there with Roderick Strong again I guess so he'll look good
1: I didn't like the Roderick Strong match. I didn't like this promo. I do like Dream. I just... I, I don't think we need this much Dream. Is that a hot take to say that we could maybe tone down the Dream? He was only stuff? on the
2: show for a minute.
1: Yeah, but like, come on.
2: He's a lot. It still
1: felt like too much.
2: NXT is a very loud show. Mm. Uh, that's My a, eyes hurt watching this. It's just like... it's. I think it's the theme song. The very aggressive is it. Slipknot theme song. Yes. That plays in the background of everything. It's just kinda of like permanently loud and like just even when the announcers are doing on cameras, you have Mauro shouting and you have that slipknot theme in the background. And it's just like just, just just turn it down a little, would you? Just turn down the yellow. Yeah. Well that's the colour of the very brand. Right. I think that that goes back to AEW. AEW it 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 didn't beat you over the head with a slipknot theme song every thirty seconds. So I think I'm on board for that. I like the dynamite intro. Uh, I like the intro. I don't think the theme song is particularly good. Io Shirai versus Mia Yim in a series of matches on this show that were basically commercial breaks. Why did this match go so long? I have no idea. This match was boring. And, like, they're setting up Io as the next challenger for Shayna Baszler, I would imagine. I think that's the direction coming out of the show. But they had a match, it was fine. And uh, it, was need- it was needlessly long it was but like, the long. actual work within the match was fine I believe Mauro said during this match more fun than playing games on your phone we are NXT we are bad to the bone
1: <sighs> <laughs> there's times when Mauro does commentary where
2: I think he slips into freestyle poetry he's just he just release a rap album Mauro and get all this out of your system and everything will be fine <laughs> <laughs>
1: To make a great callback, I was watching Bellator, mm-hmm. and a little, to my chagrin, I found out that the host of Bellator is one Maro Ranallo. Very exciting, and he was hosting some sort of a wild card draft for the fighters. And I literally groaned and threw my phone across the room. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like the thing is, Mauro, when he's like really good, is probably like, the best announcer in wrestling. But Mauro has horrible, horrible habits that make him frequently the worst announcer in wrestling. So he goes from being like really good to utterly infuriating and like sometimes in the same breath.
1: This could be somewhat like a nostalgic thing, but like when New Japan went first went to access, I loved Mauro's commentary.
2: Mm.
1: I thought he was great. And that to see where he is now where it's just every second thing is a meme. They literally mentioned memes in this
2: show. They did. The words "speaking right. of memes" came out of Nigel McGuinness's mouth as a segue to some. By the b- way,
1: sp- it's speaking of memes that there was no segue. There was nothing that was re- in relation to the memes. No,
2: he was just he was just pivoting away from Marrow's nonsense, basically. <laughs>
1: <sighs> <sighs> uh,
2: but yeah, I beat me again with the moonsault. It was a fine. Match. great. She is. That's it. <laughs> and her against Jani Razor should be good, I guess.
1: They've had like fifteen matches though.
2: We got a Tegan Knox video package. She's coming back from injury. She's getting a, the, the big motivational comeback from injury story, which should be fun. Which I was like, why didn't they give that to Dakota Kai when she came out last week? And this is why. They're giving it to Tegan Nox.
1: Uh, a pure bias for the
2: Welsh. Mm. She's Welsh, right? I think so, yes. <laughs> cool. Johnny Gargano beat Shane Thorne in another wrestling match that was boring and relatively just the commercial break.
1: I'm very upset that you skipped over two major... Uh, news points. What did, in I, the show, what did I do? Which was you skipped over Big K Nash being in the house. Oh
2: yeah, which I I do kind of like the idea of Holland Nash being ringside on the the first Wednesday Night Wars. That's that's a nice touch.
1: And you also skipped over them seemingly putting Belair with the Street Profits.
2: Oh yeah, well she's she's dating one of them, isn't she? She's married to one of she's them. She's married. So yeah, maybe that's just a. Uh, well, it was she didn't come out with them for the match, Wale did.
1: No, but they had Wale, yes. so. <laughs>
2: They traded Jared, off... are I you guess. a fan
1: of the Wale?
2: I, I'm indifferent to the Wale.
1: Who is Wale? I'm like,
2: this, this is me exposing my complete pop culture ignorance. But who actually is Wale, uh, other than the guy um, who just hangs around wrestling occasionally?
1: Uh, he's a hip-hop man. Okay. And despite being up with the hip-hop, I have not heard any Wale projects.
2: I, I, I've never heard a single Wale song, and... I'm just confused. Yeah, You heard Get That Smoke tonight, I, so... I did. It was so
1: good. There's a weird... What is WWE's fascination with Wale? Is it just that, like, he's got some semi-popular relevance, like...
2: He has some Twitter followers, basically.
1: Yeah, but so does Zack Ryder, and he's not on the show nearly as much.
2: Well, AEW, or, or TNT, whoever paid them, there's a bunch of influencers who promoted AEW last night, and two of them were Austin Aries and Jesse Goddard's, so they're basically just like, anybody with Twitter followers, please plug our shows. So clearly, uh, NXT is the same, just getting Wale. Oh,
1: well, maybe Austin Aries and Je- Jesse Goddard will be coming into the AEW
2: zone. People will groan the hell out of Austin Aries showing up, won't they? But he'll have pretty decent TV matches. He's so.
1: a very good pro wrestler. For the three months that he stays in that
2: company. Yeah. He's like Loki. Actually, no, he's better than Loki. Loki's kind of bad these days. So Gargano and Shane Thorne. Gargano won... Shane Thorne, and same with Mikey Nichols, are two guys who are so good as a tag team and very clearly very boring as singles wrestlers. How dare you. It's been a while since I've seen guys who are so... And there's nothing wrong with being tag team wrestlers. Tag teams rule. But have, have been so clearly tag team wrestlers than these two. There's just nothing to them as singles guys. I was always under the
1: assumption that Shane Thorne was just waiting out his contract, but... Could this be his allocated three month push to help him resign?
2: Is it a push? He showed up. Johnny Gargano beat him up a couple of weeks ago. Now they're having this match. Uh, he beat and Gargano just beat he him. He beat
1: Brunson Reed. I'll have you know. Sure, that's the set him up just to and feed him d- to Johnny. And
2: DJZ. <laughs> burr, 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 but Yeah, Johnny won. the The match was. I don't know. It was. It, was, a it was fine.
1: A lot of people went crazy over this
2: match. Did they? I thought. I thought this. Yeah. I thought the Pete Dunne match and I thought the uh Shirai Medium match were all just kind of there. And like, the, the, the match felt more commercial than match. It's like they had the start, they went to commercial, they came back and they did a finish. And it was like, it's just to give those people wins. It didn't feel particularly like great matches. But like they, they did these matches for like ten minutes though. They couldn't have just given these people these wins in five. That's yeah. That's that's a problem with this show and this show in general. I thought this show had a phenomenal opening match and a very good main event, and then a lot of stuff in the middle just felt there. I don't. I, I see. I thought the
1: match quality, in itself, was better on this show. Mm-hmm. I just think it was all framed poorly.
2: Yeah. A match I did like, even though it went through two commercial breaks, is Shayna Baszler against Candice LeRae. I thought this was a very good match, even though I said went through two commercial breaks. So did the main event. I think the show was badly paced, but but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Shayna Baszler retained, which actually kind of surprised me. I thought they'd do the Candice title change here.
1: Uh, I'm f- f- people who have heard my NXT Takeover takes know that like Shayna's title matches are often my favorite matches on Takeover. Mm-hmm excluding the medium match hmm so like every anytime I get to see Shayna in a couple segment long match with anyone I'm always gonna have a good time so I really like this match
2: she does she feels different from other people she wrestles different she moves different from other people she feels unique
1: especially on a on a roster where everyone wrestles very
2: similarly where everyone came from PwG She she doesn't do PWG she does it's kind of PWG I guess but it's like PWG with with holds, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, PWG withholds. The catch wrestling Twitter is gonna hate that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna be a thing that's gonna make people mad. But yeah, Shayna Baszler, PWG withholds.
1: <laughs> the submission magician. Well, what was Joey Ryan, the Tentacle Wizard, before um, Zack Saber? So
2: I forgot some ups- upsetting Marrow lines uh, in the Johnny Gargano Shane Thorne match. Johnny Gargano has more heart than Valentine's Day, and he is loyal to the soil. And then a weird one. Shane Thorne is as annoying as autocorrect. Autocorrect is usually helpful. I see. I do, Mar, what is Mara's life? I don't know. Getting mad. Like, at-
1: does he just find? Does he just find displeasure in
2: everything? I like my typos. It adds character. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh wait we have another one they say is that Siberia is the coldest place on earth nothing is colder than the heart of Shayna Baszler oh. like I'm going to sh- this is going to be a recurring theme on this podcast because the only way he'll learn is via shame and he still won't learn so uh, I-, I will never not call out Marrow lines in fact most of my notes on the show were writing down Marrow quotes <laughs> Well, we were in the DMs before and you asked me and you told me this, and I recited
1: one from memory.
2: Yes, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. One that had
1: stuck with me. <laughs> well, um, but I just want to get to like the finish of this match, I really, really liked mm-hmm. with Shayna catching her out of the lion's salt and then Candace almost fighting back before succumbing to it. I thought that was really good and it puts over Candace's plucky underdog. Uh, character really well.
2: I think that the pivot for that lion's salt is really really neat like sometimes it can look contrived for you know she, because uh, she's lying to take the lion's salt and then she switches to being vertical to lock her in the choke and. now
1: yeah, she just kind of moved and let her fall into it, it was great. Yeah
2: it was very seamless, it was a very good finish. I like like th- this is one of the few matches that didn't suffer greatly from, despite they had two commercial breaks, it wasn't great, but it was a, still a very good match. Hmm uh Kushida against Walter is next week. They had a little little video package.
1: Do you think this gets changed to a title match?
2: Uh probably not. There's no reason to give like there's no reason to give Kushida uh, an NXT UK title match, and Walter's probably winning anyway, so who really cares? I'm excited for this match though. Yeah, it's a it's a cool match. It's the first time Kushida's kind of doing something real actually interesting on the NXT roster.
1: I've seen one match from Kushida since he's come back or debuted in NXT rather.
2: I don't like his NXT haircut. Uh, you don't like the top knot. No, I'm not a fan of the top knot on Kushida.
1: Do you like top knots in general?
2: It varies person to person, but not on Kushida. Who has the best top knot? I don't know. I don't. Mm. I don't usually get mad at Marty's. Yeah,
1: Ma- Marty's best look is definitely the top knot look. Yeah. Someone who I'm sure will be talking about in like a month
2: uh, on NXT. If NXT still if NXT is still on Wednesdays or AEW as you said um, Pete Don versus Danny Birch, again this is just like there's nothing wrong with these matches on a technical level I think on a technical level they're all good matches they just feel pointless mm. and meaningless and when there's three of them on the show that I think kind of feel pointless and meaningless that really hurts the pacing of that show
1: I'm telling you right now, I was personally offended for Danny Birch for getting less
2: time than whatever the fuck that other guy's name was. Arturo, I think it was Arturo Ruas. Yeah, that that match baffled me, but it, anyway, that was two that was two weeks ago. Yeah, you
1: get 15 minutes with him, but Danny Birch gets like seven.
2: Yeah, Pete done one with the bitter end. Uh, I was going. was thinking, what are they going to do with Pete Dunne? They're going to have him feud with Damien Priest, which is a very random, because Damien Priest showed, after, showed up after the match. The former Punishment Martinez from Ring of Honor laid him out, and that's your program, apparently, Pete Dunne and Damien Priest.
1: A great sell from Pete when he took that forearm, though. Yeah. He, like, he died for it. I'm actually looking really forward to this match.
2: And I do really like Damien Priest's little arrow thing where his name shows up on the Tron. That's cool. I... And
1: we have a great Maro quote from this match.
2: Oh, yes. Um, D- D- Damien Priest lives in a sarcophagus of celebrity.
0: What does that even uh,
2: mean? <laughs> and uh, this is the one that stuck with me because <laughs> it was—it just seemed so nothing. Like what the sarcophagus <laughs> is that suggesting that he is like, so in a sarcophagus means you're closed off from the world. So he is unknowing of celebrity. Or he's the most famous person in his own sarcophagus, or he's, or he lives entirely within celebrity. I, I, again, what does it mean? Mauro was a puzzle <laughs> he, to be does, solved.
1: Does it mean that Damien Priest is a Twitter? Whoa! Yes. Oh, what a baffling line for a baffling man to say.
2: Yeah. Adam Cole's mad but backstage. This match will be good. Uh, yeah, they'll... Have... I,
1: like, I like this Adam Cole
2: interview. I like Adam Cole in general. Adam Cole's a good face for this brand. And that brings us to the main event. The Undisputed Era defeated the Street Profits after interference from Roderick Strong to retain the NXT Tag team titles. If you don't know who the Street Profits are, they're the guys who stand around and talk about nothing on Raw. <laughs> As we... I think more
1: people know them from NXT yes. at this point. Then. Well, in
2: theory, more people watch Raw than NXT, so like more people. Do they? well Well, yes. We know that one people one million people watched uh, NXT last week, and uh, two point five million people watched Raw on Monday. So, in theory, in and like in sheer mass of people, uh... more people have seen the Street Profits stand backstage doing nothing than doing anything on NXT. So, technically, more people know them as that.
1: Again, I really liked this match.
2: It was a very good match. I thought
1: it was, it was kind of slow, but it built up well. And uh, the last five minutes, I was, I was really into it.
2: Maybe didn't need two commercial breaks. Um, that, I, like, I, I, I'm going on and on about this, but it, I think it's a real format problem with the show because, uh, the Roderick Strong and uh Velveteen Dream match went through two commercial breaks it was a three segment match last week the Matt Riddle and Killian Dane match went through two commercial breaks it was a three segment match and this main event (sighs) the Undisputed Year against the Street Profits went through two commercial breaks it was a three segment match this is a trend in NXT they're doing three three segment main events and I don't think I'm a particular fan of three segment main events every week I think if you save them for special occasions, they feel meaningful and feel like big matches. I don't think, I, I think this, I, I think the perfect structure for a wrestling television match is five minutes on the front, commercial break, then seven to ten on the back. I think that that's a, a great wrestling television match, it's the perfect format, and when you do like five, break, four, break, seven, uh, that, that that does take me out of a match. I think, as you said, everything from the final commercial break to the end of this match was really darn good, and the Street Profits are great, and hopefully they do more than just stand around on Raw. And obviously, Undisputed, you're one of the best tag teams of the last decade, I guess. I just think, like, with this match, uh, more so
1: the team, uh, if they do end up going to Raw or SmackDown full-time, where does this tag division go?
2: Um, Is there any other tag teams on this show? (laughs) Uh,
1: not on this show. I think they they've kind of been setting up a Keith Lee ACH team. Mm,
2: you could you could do,
1: but they still have to build off Lee and Dijakovic. <laughs> Forgot halfway through what his name was.
2: You could do a, an Imperium match, I guess. One of those two. against Red Dragon. I'm the only thinking of people that are kind of teams on this show. Liam, you could do a breeze. You could do Breeze you have Mustache Mountain that you could bring in. You do. You can bring in. A, you could do the like. They should do a full undisputed urban, British Strong Style feud.
1: Well, yeah, they'll do that on the fake show
2: though. Oh, uh, don't no, don't do that on the fake show. That's a good idea.
1: I'd, I would. I think uh, they're talking about recycling characters in and out from you from NXT UK to NXT proper. Um, hopefully, when Imperium does cycle out, we can cycle in uh, Mustache Mountain for a bit.
2: Yeah, and they can do cool tag matches. Though they've done that feud before, but not on TV. So.
1: Not on USA Network.
2: Uh, some more Mauro lines. More chemistry than the periodic table and the champs are hotter than a Bunsen burner. Ugh. <laughs> and they fit together like Lego and they hurt like stepping on Lego. Which... I, I take back all the negative things I said about JR. <laughs> which I must add, uh, uh, Mauro shouted that over Nigel McGuinness trying to say something. So that's... <laughs>
1: oh, Could you imagine... Being Nigel or being Beth and having to
2: work with this. Because I saw Alan Forel bury them on bury him on Twitter recently, and I, I agree with him that uh, he's he's a one man show. He's there. He's he's the Brian Cage of wrestling announcing. He's there to get his shit in he's... and not like respond <laughs> to the other people.
1: You know when he's good when he has one partner and he can throw to that partner for some
2: insight. Like to like, say Josh Barnett.
1: So what I'm getting at is he is a fighting commentator. Mm not a wrestling commentator.
2: So yeah, after after a very good main event we had Tomasa Champa return to NXT come out go face to face with Adam Cole. So now NXT have a pretty good vibrant if a small bit stale because they've already done Champa and Gargano. They've already done Cole and Gargano to death. So like like the, the not all these matches in their top 4 are fresh, but they at least have a top 4
1: Tommaso Ciampa returning was super cool and it gave me a genuine reaction. Because there's few things I like in wrestling more than returns from injuries or
2: drafting shows. Why drafting shows? I get returns from injuries. <sighs> they're 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 the, the undeniable pleasure of any kind of return is the, the highlight of wrestling.
1: I think drafting shows come from a nostalgia thing, like because they were so they were far and in between at some points. So you're just like, whoa, branding, draft. I'm a sucker for management. <laughs>
2: mm. And you do enjoy Mm. drafting TW games that we never play, so this goes to a deeper aspect aspect of your personality. I demanded this be cut from the final product. Never. So that is NXT. That is AEW. We, I think, we agree on our match of the week. It's uh, Riddle against uh, Adam Cole, baby. By far, the match of the week for me. Which was the better show? As I said, the most important part of this podcast is picking a winner and every week we'll add up the winners and then the overall winner whenever this, this bad boy this war comes to an end will be the winner of the Wednesday Night Wars who did you pick as your winner? I'm giving it to NXT oh. by a smidgen see, by a smidgen see I'm the other way around it's AEW by a smidgen because I think NXT had better wrestling yeah. and, and or AEW, yeah, NXT had better wrestling but was much worse paced and AEW had worse wrestling but was much better paced I always take the better paced show
1: yeah um they were so neck and neck with me but i like i said the champa thing and the the devit return was like two big moments and i really i like that shit what can i say
2: yeah so which means we didn't decide so it goes to the twitter podium we've we've turned over which which show wins to democracy
1: oh no what a foolish endeavor
2: with 646 votes a W was the fan favorite, sixty-seven to thirty-three. So, based on democracy, A W is the winner of week one. Uh,
1: I- like I said, not
2: uh, not angry at this
1: result at all. Both shows were pretty
2: dead on. Mm. It, was, it was, it was, it was, it was like this is so exciting that like just because uh, I'll probably watch A W live most nights because uh, that's on fight, and I don't think I have any means to technically watch uh, NXT live. So AEW will probably get my live viewing more often than NXT just based on uh, accessibility. But it was so—it's just exciting to watch, like the Twitter timeline last night. As I think more people were watching AEW than NXT, but it's cool just to see a bunch of people watching two wrestling shows at once with big things happening on both shows. And it's uh, the wrestling is cool again.
1: It's a fun time to be watching the wrestling. Hmm. I will admit though, my timeline was very little on NXT discussion
2: I, I would have said mine was like 75-25 maybe a little little more favourable to AEW Mine would have
1: been sneaking closer to 80-20 mm. like, I think the Voices of Wrestling Twitter account was talking about it
2: Yeah, they, they were uh, and in fact I, like, I I get people like NXT but I really don't understand how people would watch NXT over AEW last night Just, just the historic that, stuff That
1: would have astounded me, yeah
2: Uh, Fair enough how it plays out over the weeks and who has better shows. But, like, last night was the first show of AEW on TNT. This is a big deal. But, uh, yeah. Uh, AEW wins week one. Two to one. Democracy rules. (laughs) You seem very amused by this. I just imagined an Only Rules show, but it's just democracy rules. (laughs) Yeah, with uh, all caps. Just him shouting on Twitter. Yes. (laughs) Democracy rules. All right. That is episode one. I hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) after episode zero. Uh, we'll be back every Thursday. I'll aim to get this up every Thursday at around 11, p- 11 a.m. Eastern time, maybe a little earlier, hopefully. So you should you should have it in your feed every more, every Thursday morning, sometime. Uh, Liam, before we go, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Uh, if you really want to, you can follow me on at larrikin, L-A-R-R-I-K-N, but oh. I recommend that you don't, because I suck. Also, I promise to be less sick next week. Yeah, you were pretty
2: fine. You only nearly died like once or twice.
1: Yeah, that was all the times that got through the mic.
2: Sure. Uh, you find me at Garkidney, You can find the podcast at War Games Pod. for every... I usually wait an hour until after one airs so that people aren't just voting based on the one they just watched. But eat people will probably still do that anyway. But it hopefully makes them less likely to vote on the one they just watched instead of both of them. But I also want to put it up so we can have it at least... I'm surprised 646 votes. I, I, I was almost worried it wouldn't get any votes. But... Um, That poll will be up an hour after both these shows air every uh, Wednesday night, I guess. And you can vote in it. And you can can determine who is the winner, as you did this week. Because democracy, Liam. Gotta love it. That's our tagline. (laughs) You gotta love it. Otherwise. Gotta love democracy. (laughs) Will come for you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.